Hi and welcome to episode one of the Gridirons of Europe podcast. My name is Andre and with me as always, my co-host Osaid. Hi. And on today's episode, we are going to discuss the ELF expansion. We're going to discuss the reorganization of the Swedish Super Series and the recent announcement of a Scandinavian Cup. Let's so, get it. Yeah, starting off here. The ELF. Where we left off with the ELF last year. I'm going to be the first to admit that my knowledge about the ELF is quite limited. I didn't really follow it last year. Me neither. I like just saw a few pictures of the championship game and wondered like what is this? I thought it was the GFL for the longest time. Then I realized it's like a new league. Yeah, so we're not really well versed in the ELF as of yet. But this year hopefully we'll be actually following along, watching some games and we can give some more in-depth commentary about it. But for those who are unfamiliar with the ELF, we're going to start with uh, discussing just briefly what happened last year what the ELF is and also the expansion that's taking place for next year I know it was like an eight team league and they had a championship game the Frankfurt Galaxy won I believe I thought it was Hamburg who won No Hamburg lost in the finals Oh the I know because the Galaxy has the Swedish guy the Swedish linebacker I follow him on Instagram. That why that's why I know. Oh, good dear. Yeah, I um group player. Let's see. I'm going to look this up. I'm pretty sure the ELF 2021 season. Yeah, so so last year was the very first season of the ELF. We can say that much at least. It was it's a very newly formed league. It's not NFL Europe to all the people who don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Frankfurt won last year. Okay. Interesting. Well, that just shows how much we know about this. Frankfurt beat Hamburg 32 to 30 in the championship game. And a close one. Yeah. So <clears throat> just briefly to walk through it here. They began as you just mentioned with uh, eight teams. They had six in Germany. Uh, so those two teams that made the final had the Hamburg Sea Devils and the Frankfurt Galaxy. Uh plus they have a the, team in Poland and team in Spain. Yeah. So we got the Berlin Thunder, the Leipzig Kings, the Stuttgart Surge and the Cologne Centurions in Germany. And then the Rokla Panthers in Poland and the Barcelona Dragons in Spain. And so, do you the in Turkey? Th- those were the eight teams uh, the first year. Yeah. So yeah, g- going into next season then, 2022, they they've added they've added another German team, 
the Rhine Fire, and also a, a Turkish team, the Istanbul Rams, which recently signed a former teammate of yours aside. Noah Alstia. Yeah, he's he's a, a guy I've coached in the past. He played for the Predators growing up. I think he moved at age 16 or so, yeah, something like that. To the Rig Academy. Yeah, to the Rig program up in Uppsala. So we're very familiar with his story, at least. So I, I, I think we'll be kind of secret, secretly or not so secretly anymore rooting a bit for this Istanbul team with Noah on it. Yeah. And, no, but it's weird. Why did they like include a team so far away? Yeah, I mean, you can ask that question of last year too, kind of, because that Barcelona team geographically is nowhere close to the German teams. It's like a logistic nightmare to travel there. Yeah, I, I don't. That might be a tough economic situation for those teams to be able to fly everyone out to Istanbul. Yeah, I don't know, but I think the teams have a lot of money because, like the, I don't know what it's called, the price to start playing in the league is about a couple of million. So if you have that, I think you're good enough to travel. Yeah, you'd you'd hope so. It, it would be a shame if you can't actually go to the games for the travel cost for your team. Guys, uh, only starting eleven can go this game. No injury. <laughs> that would be pretty bad. They're also adding two uh, Austrian teams: the uh, Schwarko Raiders Tyrol and the Vienna Vikings. And for those who are familiar with uh, European football as a whole, those names will sound familiar because these are the top. These have been the top two teams in Austria for quite some time, and they've played in other uh, international and other Europe-wide competitions. So those should be some familiar names, at least. Yeah, almost every team. In the ELF is a rebadged or like the same team who played in a, another league. Yeah, l- lots of the teams that were formed uh, have the old NFL Europe names. I think they came to some sort of deal with the NFL to be able to use the NFL Europe name rights. Yeah, I believe Hamburg were one of them, and the uh, Galaxies. Yeah, Frankfurt were definitely one. Yeah, because uh, Frankfurt. The, the Frankfurt Universe team still exists. Oh, interesting. The the Barcelona team, I think, was also the Dragons when they were in NFL Europe. Or yeah, when yeah. there was a team in Barcelona in the NFL right. Europe. So yeah, for clarification, the NFL, NFL Europe was a, a league that was played in the late 90s and early 2000s, I believe, and it it folded somewhere in the mid to late 2000s, the aughts. Yeah, I don't really know a lot about NFL Europe. It was really before my time. Yeah, I, I remember when I was younger seeing uh, seeing some of the the NFL Europe teams in 
in Madden in the Madden franchise, and that that was quite quite fun to see. Yeah, you were able to play them in Madden, I believe. Yeah, it was back in what two thousand five ish, maybe. The, the Rhine Fire, what the new expansion team in Germany for twenty twenty two. That's also an NFL Europe name, I believe. I'm pretty sure. Of. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like it's a lot of fun because the league exploded this year. Like it's all over social media. Yeah, and they've it's done like the third biggest league in the world now. They've done a very good job marketing it, I would say. Yeah, actually. But as 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 I said earlier, I I don't know much else about the league and I can't really comment much on players or teams more than what we've done so far. No. I'd, I'm just wondering why they didn't include any Swedish teams. Uh, I don't know. Because, could could and, just uh, not have worked out. Because Europa Elites posted a post on Instagram and mentioned like Sweden is the third largest football country in Europe and still they didn't include it. It's fine, kind of weird. Yeah, but but we we can't really be sure if that's uh, if that's something from the Swedish side, from the ELF side. The ELF might have wanted to include someone, but maybe Aww. we can't really know. But talks might have fallen through with certain teams, or maybe economic problems might have set. Because I don't think like them. Stockholm has an economic problem to join the league. Maybe. I don't know. Because it would be like a bad logistics for them to travel. But I don't think money is the biggest issue. Maybe not. But then again, then you can go back to the team in Istanbul. Like that That's a hell of a travel. It's a lot closer to travel from like Stockholm to Hamburg than it is to travel from Istanbul. You can travel by bus. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you can travel to Turkey with bus. I mean, it's it's probably doable, but I, I'm guessing everyone is going to fly out there. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a really great bus ride. <clears throat> no, you, you'd have to bus your way through all of the <laughs> Central Europe to get to any destination. That's, yeah, that it sounds sounds quite, awful. Quite the journey. Yeah, and even Spain. Yeah, the like, Istanbul is facing the dragons. Yeah, you've got the Mediterranean Sea between them, and they're gonna yeah. split the ocean, <laughs> split the sea, and go maybe, for the bus. Maybe maybe they'll take some boat rides though for that. That might be interesting. Get a Mediterranean cruise while going to an away game. <laughs> uh, it sounds unplanned, I think. Yeah, if any of our listeners actually know more about the logistics of the league, you could uh, send us an email or tweet at us. Our email address is uh, gridironsofeurope at gmail.com or you can tweet at us. I think it's at 
Gridirons Europe on Twitter if you want to contact us. Or anybody like from the ELF, please contact us. It would be fun to have somebody here to interview. Yeah, for sure. If if anyone is interested in coming on as a guest at some point, we would definitely uh, be open to that. And now let's talk about my favorite subject, the Super Series. Oh, is it? Is it really? No. No? Okay. Okay. I believe it's really messed up. Like, they pushed up a couple teams that didn't deserve going up to the Super Series. Yeah, let, 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 let's set the stage for this here. The, the Super Series uh, is the top league of Swedish football. And for the last several years, it's been a, te- a league with only four teams. I think the last two or three seasons it's just been four teams and it's like a two team rate for like a hundred of years then Örebro came out of nowhere and won oh they've been they've been building something for quite some time there I'd say probably like Uppsala the... was only there to show up on game days oh that, that that's a bit harsh Uppsala they were in the Super Series for quite some time and They were a good team at some point. I think around 2013, 2014, that sort of area. Uppsala, they were a pretty darn good team. But uh, recently, yeah, I think it's been the last two years or so. They just have not been competitive at all. And uh, they decided to take a step down, which then left the Super Series with only three teams, which... I would argue you can't have a series with three teams. It, was a that, sh- it will be a shit show. And that sort of sets the stage for what's coming next here. Tell us what's coming next. Yeah. So this was almost two weeks ago. The Swedish Federation, SAF, they announced a series setup, I would call it. A series layout, maybe. Yeah. And and it surprised probably everyone when they announced this, that suddenly there were five new teams in the Super Series. Is it five? Uh, let's see, AIK, Teirasa, Kipan, Stagothenburg, and Limham. Yeah, that's that makes five. Oh. So yeah, what, what what they announced then was uh, they announced other series too, like the 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 women's super series uh, division one, both for men and women, and also the division two series. They announced all of all of these setups at once, but. If we go back to the men's super series, then and Tirusa, Tirusa came to yeah. So th- they divided it up in two conferences, with AIK, the Kalsta Crusaders, the Stockholm Mean Machines, and the Tirusa Royal Crowns in the north, and the Gothenburg Marvels, Kupansta Predators, Limham Griffins, and the Blue Black Knights 
in the Southern Conference. I'm not sure, but how in the world will Gothenburg be able to compete with Urbru? Yeah, that... Um, that's, that, that, that's a good discussion to have, but something I do want to bring up here is the fact that this this announcement that it, it sort of came out of the blue, because from what I understand, the the clubs here in Sweden actually cooperated quite well in trying to present and formulate an idea of how the clubs wanted the series to look. So that they communicated with one another and then they sent their sort of ideas to the board, the SAF board. And then without hearing any communication back from SAF and anyone from from the SAF board can come, can contact us and defend themselves if they want or if they want to talk about this. But they suddenly announced this series without actually communicating anything back to the clubs first. And Wait, the clubs didn't even know? And No. And the, this proposal then, or this series layout announcement, it isn't, it isn't exactly as what the clubs wished for. And some teams were left out. Some teams were pushed too far down some teams weren't exactly sure of wanting to be part of this new super series yet they were included so yeah it's it's a bit of a mess to be honest with you and i'm not quite sure if the series is going to look exactly the way as it was announced because it feels really like weird because some teams didn't even win Division One, and they got up. Yeah, I mean, who came to the semifinals of Division One didn't even get up. Yeah, it's weird because uh, Orlando they came to Kyrgyzstan and beat us in a playoff game, but they're yeah, really good. Listed, listed in Division One, and were the list, listed as a Super Series team here in Kyrgyzstan. Uh, and yeah, it's it's all Gothenburg were the like second to last team in the Division 1 series and they still yeah. got up yeah in Division 1 South last season uh, Gothenburg were I'm sorry they had almost the same record as Helsingborg the Jaguars or uh, they call Red Fox now yeah I'm, I'm not sure I don't think it's all that relevant but uh, Gothenburg they were third place last season in division one but I think I think the idea behind bringing them up is to have three teams moved up from the south at once so you get Gothenburg, Kihwansta and Limham joining at the same time so we we sort of limit the traveling yeah limit it limits traveling a bit so you wouldn't have to travel to Costa to play I yeah. uh <clears throat> i know for one that kolskiuga they certainly wanted to play super series but they were not included i'm not exactly sure of the reasoning why and let's see Uppsala, they were sent all the way down to division two 
But from my understanding, they wanted to be in Division One. So the the move there, I'm not sure, makes much sense either. Yeah. Do they still have the same players that played for the Super Series team? It will be unfair for Division Two. Yeah, I don't know. The, it's it's odd. I yeah, it's weird. And I, I, I'm guessing we're going to see some changes coming within the next few weeks. But from what, what we've got to go by, we've got a Super Series divided into two conferences. The, my initial uh, reaction was that, oh, wow, we're probably only going to be playing games within the conferences. But some other people... I've heard think that it's going to be two games within conference and one game out of conference. So it, it hasn't exactly been specified how that would work, what the scheduling would look like. Um, Sounds like Suf just leaked out something by mistake and then they didn't want to back up, back up on their words. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It'll be... It'll be interesting to see whatever the next announcement is going to be about the series. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be like even competitive for a couple of teams. No, but I, I'm just going to say that I think a massive overhaul, some sort of change, was needed. Um, yeah, because of the super. Like, yeah, you can't. You can't. One, uh, Three teams the teams that had the most imports. Like for a while, it was like three, four imports that switched teams, and that team won. Yeah, I mean the the, the imports play an important an important part in Swedish football. They sort really of ra- ra- they sort of raise the level of the game, but. You also can discuss some sort of competitive uh, and unfair balance competitively for uh, the clubs who can afford many imports compared to the clubs who are simply using Swedish players. What? Do you know the rules about imports? Like how many you can have on the field at the same time? Uh, I'm not sure of the European imports. But Americans, I think it's North Americans, Canadians, U.S. Americans and Mexicans, I think, count within that designation. You can have a maximum of three on the roster and two on the field at once in the Super Series. And there's no limitation, I believe, for the lower series. Who's having like four imports in Division One? Yeah, but it's just... And a thing to note that you can have more, but in the lower series, but it's not really relevant. I, I, and I'm, I assume that's why the rule is only in place for the super series. Yeah, it's like because we had an import this year, Miles, but we we could not afford another one. Yeah, in Kijuansta, we've had a coach and a player uh, this past season so two, two people within the team 
Uh, and I, I, I don't know if we we may be able to for, afford another one. I can't really speak to uh, the exact economy of the club. We don't have like uh, Stockholm Me Machines money. I know that. Yeah, probably. Probably. They have at least one position coach for every position. Yeah, we certainly do not have that in Kamarnsk. We have one coach. <laughs> no, we have. Three. We have a couple. Like in 19, we had a couple coaches because you and Nick coached, also. Yeah. So I, I think what, what was the the senior coaching staff the past season? It was it was Joshua Kofed, our head coach, uh, Canadian guy. Uh, it was Tyson Gillen. He was an assistant coach on offense. Uh, our quarterback was also the offensive coordinator, and. Uh, My brother, actually, Nicholas Palson, he was the offensive line coach. So, three coaches and one playing coach. Three and a half. Pretty good. Which, yeah, I, I, that can probably look a lot different from team to team. Yeah, the, the Super Series team usually has more coaches. Yeah, which is also to be preferred. Like you, you want a position coach for each position, and they got they got a lot much more money. Yeah, I think I think Stockholm they've been able to bring in uh, multiple European imports plus two or three Americans pretty much every year. Yeah, they had Alpha for a while when they won last time. I believe they have a couple D linemen. I haven't haven't they also haven't they also had quite a few uh, I think it's Serbians they've brought over a few sometimes oh but I can tell you it's not a lot of Stockholm players on the national team it's like it's a lot of imports okay on the Swedish national team it's a lot of imports there yeah like unfair because like a guy like Miles, who we had, that put focus on whole his life on football, facing a guy who had a full time job, only playing for fun. It's like a weird, weird level yeah. of. Com- I mean, it it creates a bit of a different dynamic, but it, I think it can work. Yeah, if you have a good surrounding cast. <laughs> but but so then if we actually get back to the super series for 2022 then uh if if my idea is correct and we're only playing teams within the conference then that would put uh, the the Göteborg Marvels, Gothenburg Marvels, Kjellstad Predators, Limham Griffins so three teams moving up from division 1 with and the With the reigning national champions of Brew in the south, uh, and in the north, it would bring up AIK and Tyrese, who would compete with Kolstad and Stockholm, who have both been in the in the title race for a national championship for what the past 20 years. Yeah, Kolstad has been dominating. Yeah, they they, they had, had two they in had a row. Uh, I, th- I think they had seven in a row at one point. Oh my 
then then Stockholm got one, Tosta got another, got one back, and then I think it was Stockholm again. And now yeah, it was like a two-team play. They win one, they lose one. Yeah, it was a bit like that for the last few years. No, I think it's more competitive now when you have like Tyrus who was stacked last year. <clears throat> yeah, that, that might be one of the most interesting teams going into next year because we had they stacked. Yeah, we had in Division One for Tyrus, they brought in a whole bunch of players, former Super Series guys. Uh, Many guys, many guys who had won Swedish championships in the past, uh, and and they they were pretty dominant, if I remember correctly. Didn't they win like forty something against Orlando? Yeah, they did. Let me tell you, Orlando was a good team. Yeah, but I, I saw like they got like a couple of receivers back. Yeah, what's interesting about this too is that the Tyrosa roster, many, many of those players that they got for the 2021 season, they were former Tyrosa players who had gone elsewhere. Like I know they had a running back who'd, who'd played in Kalsta recently. Uh, they had several guys who had, who had played for the Mean Machines. At the D lineman who played the, the the gladiator guy. Yeah, Nogo. I think he he played with the Mean Machines recently. Um, we got Kevin, the receiver. Yeah, Toyosa guy well, originally. He played, for well. he played for Kalsta a bit, but Toyosa guy originally. So yeah, it, it, it's interesting how they brought a lot of guys back and also built on that roster with outside guys. Yeah, I don't and, know how they got all these players back for one season. No, I don't know either. But it sounds like, from 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 what I can tell, that's pretty much the roster they're going to have next year as well. And if those guys come prepared, hell, they might be able to keep compete for a championship the first year back in the yeah. Super Series. And they may be getting Alexander back. Uh, Alexander, no Kennedy. U19 running back. Yeah, I, he hasn't actually played in the Super no, not, Series as of yet, so not not really yeah, someone coming back yeah. in that way. Yeah, but he played for their yeah. Uh, well, we'll get to some U19 stuff later on. Um. The Nordic Cup or the Scandinavian Cup. I don't really yeah. understand. The, the, there was nothing else you wanted to say, say about the Super Series here? Really not. No. Do uh, you? Yeah. I, I, something I find kind of interesting is they put Urbreu in the south with three teams coming up from Division One. I don't and, know. They want a rule back in that championship game. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen people saying online that, oh, Europe is probably the happiest team about this. And, oh, Europe, they've got a a, a, a free uh, 
place in the semifinal and all this. And sure, Not so I, negative, I, they have a point. I, yeah, to a point, I'm like, yeah, I'm, it's it's but a weird situation. It's a great put... team. Juanta, a good team. But against the Rebrou, they are stacked. Yeah, it, it, it it's. I think people have a bit of a point when they say that Obu, they kind of got a freebie here. But I also think people are underestimating these teams coming up from Division One a bit. Because if we look at how Division One has been the last few years, it's been really competitive and it's been good football. And the biggest reason why those teams weren't in the Super Series was because they, they these teams didn't want to move up and for a variety of reasons. But most of these teams, I believe, in the recent years of Division One, could have compete, competed in the Super Series. So it'll yeah, be like interesting. Two years ago, could have competed and probably won. Yeah, that team in the playoff two <laughs> years ago was absolutely stacked. Didn't you win like 60-something against Tirolsa? Uh, let's see. We had a... Yeah, I think we had a 50-point victory in in the quarterfinal and then a 50-point victory in the semifinal. And then I think the final was a bit more competitive, but it was still, still something like a four-possession win or something like that. Yeah, Hollanda had a, also a great team. They came back with that game. Yeah, that was a that was a great game actually. They so, have yeah, the that, best Division One quarterback, so yeah, he, he, they've got a good QB there. It's uh, Victor is a yeah, pretty young, pretty young guy. I think he's only what twenty one or one something. One year like older that. than me. Yeah, he's one year older than me. Yeah. He's pretty good. I th- I don't know. Did he start against Italy? Uh, no, Phil played against Italy. This this is the European Championship game we uh, brought up now. That was played recently in Malmo between Sweden and Italy. Not a great day for Sweden. That was a great day for Italy, though. How much did they lose by? Oh, I can't remember, but they it was it was pretty embarrassing. Rough as a Swede. It was I think it was like thirty or four I think it was thirty points at halftime. And then Sweden played a lot better in the second half, but it was way too late. Didn't the coach give them that do something speech? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. If we we can try to get BD Kennedy to listen to this podcast, and he can tell us himself. I hope so. BB Kennedy, please come to our podcast. So, so yeah, we're we're gonna see Gothenburg, Kristiansand, Limham potentially battle it out with the national champions last uh, from this past season. That's that's gonna be interesting to follow. But speaking of Oblivion, they. And some other Swedish teams, they have uh, been announced as part of a new Nordic league or cup of sorts. Is it before the Super Series season or after? 
Yeah, so th- th- this is something interesting. Uh, this was uh, about five, six days ago, so about a week ago, slightly less. Uh, it was announced that there was going to be a, nor- a new Nordic league set to launch as a Scandinavian Cup in 2022. That's directly quoted from uh, Seth's page. And it's yeah, it's going to be teams in, from Denmark, two teams from Denmark, I think. The Gold Diggers, I think. Yeah, the Soload Gold Diggers and the AAB 89ers. I'm not familiar with that team, actually. Me neither. I know the Gold Diggers. Yeah, you played the uh, Gold Diggers U19 team a few years ago, right? Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, and then the Christian Sun gladi- Gladiators from Norway. The Guess Oslo who their Vikings. quarterback is? I will get to that. The Oslo Vikings from Norway. And what's that? Eidsvoll 1814s? Are the Norwegian <laughs> teams? I've, I've not heard of them before either. The Oslo Vikings I've heard of and the Gladiators I've heard of, but Eidsvoll I have not. They may be like put, put two teams together. They started a new team or something. Or I, I'm going to guess the 1814s. It's got to have some sort of historical relevance to that region of Norway. But if we can get some Norwegian listeners, perhaps someone from Eidsvoll, they could tell us what the story behind, behind the name is. Uh, yeah. And then the, the Swedish teams that are going to take part in this is the reigning champions, Oboeu, Black Knights, and then also the Mean Machines and the Costa Crusaders. So the top three teams in the Super Series. Yeah, the essentially the remaining teams in the Super Series from last season's Super Series. I wonder if like teams will focus on the cup more than the super series. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I had a brief uh, Twitter dialogue with the head coach from Kristiansand Gladiators. It's a Swedish coach, Leo Bilgren. And he said that Norway they play in the fall their normal series. So this cup will not disturb their season at all. So they can put full focus onto the Scandinavian Cup, which will be played oh. during the spring. Uh, but I'm not sure how the Swedish teams are going to manage this, because from what I can understand, the, su- the Super Series is going to be played, what, from like April to June, July, something like that. And it's essentially the same the same time as the Scandinavian Cup is going on. Okay, so I think like Urubru will put in their Division 1 team against us and the other teams. And the, like the Super Series team will play the Nordic team. No, I, I think the Scandinavian Cup is just going to be something completely separate. And they're and scheduling-wise, I guess they're just going to intersperse these games sort of on bye weeks or move around scheduling so that they play these games on weekends where they're not playing Super Series games and so forth. That's I hope so, because it will destroy the Super Series. Yeah, 
it, yeah, it's interesting because what what will that do to the competitive balance for these teams? Because if you have a super series team like Taylorsa or the Predators or Limham or anyone else playing only their super series games, but then these teams going off and they have what is that four extra games? Yeah. That's a lot of extra games compared to the other teams. Imagine the travel, like from Stockholm to the Goldigers home field. It's it's a bit. Yeah, I drive. Yeah, but uh, I think that's manageable. It's not that much more than I don't know from our southern teams going to play like in Uppsala or something like that. It's not that big of a difference. No, but if you're playing two games in the same weekend. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't think they're going to do that. Which then begs the question, how are they going to be able to puzzle together these schedules to make sure that that doesn't happen? Yeah, I don't know if they could. Let's see. It says in this article here, the Scandinavian Cup will consist of two groups. Group A having Denmark's AAB 89ers and Soloed Goldbiggers along with the Kristiansand Gladiators from Norway and Sweden's Old Blue Black Knights. In Group B, Norway's Uslu Vikings, Eidsvall 1814s, the Mean Machines and the Crusaders. Okay, so you've got four teams in each of these groups. Uh, each team will play the other team in its group starting on the weekend of April 30th, May 1st. The winner of each group will be playing in the championship game. Uh, okay, so I'm going to assume they play each other once. So that's three extra games for the teams who won't be playing in the Scandinavian Cup final. Doesn't doesn't sound that bad, but no, perhaps three, yeah, three extra teams to plan for. So yeah, it, it's going to be a lot of extra work for those teams, but I think. I think most of those organizations are good enough to to manage that. Yeah, I believe so. But back to the Chris, the Norwegian team. Guess what their quarterback is? Yeah, it's actually a guy I'm pretty familiar with. It's Dennis Nisbad. He played U19 uh, in Tulsa a few years ago. I remember yeah, he, my, my my teams played against them. Let's see, once, and then when I wasn't a unit, my first year out of U nineteen, they played Tailsa again. We won against them in the semifinals. Yes. Oh, and then you guys we played did. against the Tailsa one more time. Yes. So yeah, in the semifinal, they kicked our ass. Dennis had like five touchdowns that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they had a really good U- U19 year that season. They won that year. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, th- there's quite the history between the Predators and the Toyota Royal Crowns when it comes to yep. fa- facing off in semifinals in U19 football at this point. You had... yeah, we, we had a beef on Instagram a while ago. <laughs> there were... Ended really quick. Uh, th- what was that? Three semifinals in a row between those two U19 yeah. teams. That's yes. that 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 sort of sort of thing can cr- 
create a bit of a grudge. We faced him even in the semifinals for U17. You, wait, in U17? Yes, in Dukes. Where? Oh, at Dukes. How did that go? We won. Yata got sick, so we didn't have anything else that day. Yata's their best player at the time. Interesting. And they, like, they had a lot of injuries. So the game was supposed to be canceled, but they said we were playing. It was really confusing. Yeah, the, the, those games up there at that at that tournament, Duke's tourney, they they can be a bit weird because teams play many games in a short period of time, and there are injuries, and people may get sick, and all these types of things happen, and it can be an unpredictable tournament overall. But I think Teros wins it a lot. I believe when they lost to us that that season, it was the first time they lost in four years. I don't. Yeah, I can't remember the exact history of all the Duke's tourney winners. I think, I think Tabby has like. Uh, Everyone a lot. I think they've got like three U17 golds or something like that, which is quite impressive. But that, that that's an interesting tournament. Uh, unfortunately, it hasn't been played the last two years because of Corona, but hopefully it'll come back next year and I think we'll try to cover that on this podcast and I hope you bring me a coach <laughs> you want to go as a coach? yes sir uh, we might be able to make that happen I've been asking you to let me coach for like three years and these tournaments they keep getting cancelled yeah not your yeah, I'm I'm the head coach for the Predators U17 team, and I have been for the last two years. And both years when the Duke's tourney got canceled, which which is quite sad because it's sort of the the biggest the sort of the biggest it's like thing the you can do. of the U17. Yeah, it's the biggest thing you can do at the U17 levels be- level because and, um, they don't they don't play for a national title so they only play in their regional series which which is great don't get me wrong you have the regional series and you compete with the local teams and that's fun and all but it's sort of lacking that element of a a true champion and that's how Duke's tourney sort of got the rap of uh that this is where we find out where the best youth teams are. I want to see. Uh, I'm sad it got canceled this year because I want to really see the U15 Limham team. Yeah, that is. They are a unit. Team. Yeah, they are very good. Their start starting D line and offensive linemen are bigger than ours. Oh, you're talking about our senior team. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I, 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 average I, I, 100 kilos. I think they're pretty comparable, actually. Which they're, they're is, is, is either like a Lawrence. it's it's either a great thing or uh, quite sad that their linemen are the same size as ours. But we'll get there. Ref the game when they won like eighty to zero, eighty to six, and they had their backup quarterback in the whole game. 
Oh, that was the game we refed, wasn't it? No. Yes, yes. Yeah, oh, we no. I think it was. Yeah, it was a touchdown for the first eight plays or something, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> anyway, we've gotten quite off topic here. And what do you say about rounding this podcast out for the day? Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, so we, we'd very much like to thank you all for listening to the very first episode of Gridirons of Europe podcast. And let's, I hope you tune up to the next episode. Thank you, you for watching. And you can find us on Spotify. Thank you and goodbye.